of this program, and I really do mean that. We wouldn't be anything without listeners. So thank you. Thank you to our affiliates. Thank you to everybody at the Herman Radio Network, and I hope that you tune in once again next week. Make sure you tune in. We'll have another great show for you. Have a good one. Thank you. Like The Herman Show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Herman Show. The Herman Show is produced out of WLTL at Lions Township High School. This has been a presentation of the Herman Radio Network. WLNX Lincoln, 89X. A Lincoln College Station. At 88.9 on your FM dial. Worldwide on iHeartRadio. And on your smart speakers. Say play WLNX on iHeartRadio. 89X. Lincoln's new rock alternative. Welcome to this just in flagship show here on WLNX. Spencer Davis, joined by Josh Howard and Aaron Evans. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good today. Happy to be here. You know, uh, first episode. We're hyped. Always got to be hyped. Aaron, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Always good to have a first episode. Oh, yeah. We're here to talk sports, yes, right? Sir. All things sports, link sports, all sports, college sports. We've got it all for you today. Let's just jump straight into it. What do we want to start with? We want to talk basketball. You know, preseason basketball is in full swing right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds I good think to me. Uh, I think the final game was yesterday. You know, performance of the night. Steph Curry, absolutely for forty in like thirty three minutes. Man, uh, he's always super efficient in a low amount of time, and like that's something that makes him great. Warriors are looking good. You know, maybe they'll be able to really keep above water while Clay gets back. Yeah, I know. Uh, when is Clay coming back? They said um, the the initial report was on the Christmas Day game that they have, which I can't remember who it's against, but they said he would be back on Christmas. But then I saw something that said the Warriors might play it safe and have him like two weeks later, early January. So somewhere in that, that time span. Definitely something to monitor. You said what? Definitely something to monitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a monitor. big piece coming back for him. They really missed him last year. Uh, just kind of going through our teams, you know, the Celtics lost by 21 of the Heat last night. Uh, they hung with them for a while, so I was yeah, happy was, about that. Yeah, it was that. competitive while both teams had their guys in. It kind of got out of hand afterwards. But the Heat, you know, they play hard at all times. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Eric Spolster is always going to make sure his guys are going at full steam. I mean, Tatum had 23, uh, which is good to see. Langford had 18, which is surprising. Yeah, I've that's... never been a Langford believer. I'll say that. I apologize to Romeo Langford, but... I would say though, like it would be, it would be like cool for you guys to have more scoring punches off the bench, you know, because right now it's mainly shorter, and you could have guys like Neesmith or him, and you know they could come in really help the team. But Grant Williams with a solid stat line of four point six rebounds, three assists, steal. <laughs> That's such a it's six turnovers though, or no, that was Tatum. My bad. Oh, so yeah, we're good. <laughs> Did uh, Jalen Brown didn't, didn't play in this one? No, I think he tested positive for COVID, so oh. he's working his way back on that. I know Horford definitely has it. You're so. correct. I, I read that a few days yeah. ago, and I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, how did, how did Thunder do? Uh, Thunder didn't play last night. Okay. Uh, they played uh, Thursday, though. You can't take losses if you don't play, right? Well, they lost on Thursday, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't care if it's preseason, regular season. We're not making the postseason, so... Low expectations this year for the Thunder. You, you know what I think you guys should aim for, though? There's a first-round no re- pick? <laughs> you already I mean, have, like, have 20, about don't you? Four, yeah. if, it, if it looks that bad, then maybe you could tank. But before that, you know, starting off the season, who's to say you guys can't be fighting for a playing spot? Who's to say? Me. 
<laughs> Sam Presti also says that too. All you got to do is what nine seed? It's what or no ten it's seed? Ten seed, ten, ten seed. Yeah, yeah seven, eight, and then nine, ten. Win a couple games yeah. during the playoffs. You never know what could happen in a plan. Because like very th- true. Think of it for example. I think it's um pretty realistic that the Timberwolves might be able to make the plan. That's They're fair. not that much better than you guys. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be on a mission this year. Yes, I ho- I hope to see them contending for once. Like yeah. I, I want to yeah. see that. D'Lo needs a spot. D'Lo. Yes, yes, yes. And it's good he's healthy now. Hopefully, like he stays healthy for the year because that was something that had a problem with in the nineteen twenty and twenty twenty one season. I would like to apologize to Josh Giddy. I did get mad at the Thunder for drafting you, but you're proving to be pretty good. So yeah. <laughs> apologies for that. A Kristaps type um. Reaction at first. Hopefully not like Chris Stops though, where he yeah, falls hopefully. off to the point they have to trade him. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not the uh, end part, just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, moving over to baseball. Uh, ALCS started last night, game one. Uh, Houston and the Red Sox starting off in Houston. After the Red Sox took that wild card game from the Yankees, they absolutely obliterated the Rays after game one. We won't talk about game one for them. Uh, but game one, 5-4 Astros final. Red Sox had a 3-1 lead up until the sixth when an Altuve scored, hit a two-run tang. And then we just kind of deteriorated for a while. Man, that yeah. was, that's... Tight game. Always a fun time, ALCS. Play, or playoff baseball, just in general. We'll have two games tonight. Boston and Houston at 320. And then L.A. Dodgers versus the Braves at 7. So I don't know how you guys feel about the Dodgers being in the postseason. Uh, yeah, I, another... I saw that they made it, yeah. <laughs> um, didn't they, they won, like, some crazy... It was like a crazy uh, game, right? Well, I mean, they beat the Cardinals in the wild card game. We won't go too into detail with that, but we can we talk about. We go into detail. With we that. will talk about Mike Schilt later on, yeah, uh, okay, and yeah, what's yeah. going on with the Cardinals. So, baseball in full swing there. NFL, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. The Lions are horrible, <laughs> uh, like horrible. One of the only players I follow, Lamar Jackson, had a great week last week. Lamar know? Jackson is getting his number retired at Louisville, so him and Johnny Unitas would be the only players I That's think at fast. Louisville. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. He's been in the league like five, in less than five years? Three? Maybe. Three, yeah, three this four. is probably what. I think it's his third year. That third year? crazy, yeah. man. Because yeah, no, he had the sophomore fourth. Year. fourth? Yeah. Because he won the MVP. I don't think he didn't win the MVP his rookie year. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. So I think this He's is... still really young, so it's really surprising to see his number get retired. Oh, yeah, for sure. Quickly. Is he even 25 yet? I don't think so. Maybe. 24, like, 25. Just 25? Imagine imagine Jalen Brown getting his number retired right now. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean it's a little bit different because Lamar actually different. played uh for what, two, three years at Louisville and Jalen yeah. played one. Yeah, Lamar's twenty four. And Lamar was M V P I guess so far, which is not a knock at Jalen. But yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he won uh the Heisman back yeah. in college. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some uh, you know. But uh like the game, I think he was a bad first half. They were down like nineteen. And I think he threw for three or four touchdowns second half, came all the way back. I think he threw for over 400 yards, too. Yeah. 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 I saw, yeah, I've seen some see ridiculous Jackson stats. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the first time he threw for over 400 in a while, if it, he had even done that, I, I think. I don't even know if he's done it. And then, you know, this is a, a shot at, you know, a, a favorite team of my sisters. But the Chiefs are struggling. They're The Chiefs are struggling. They're bad. struggling. They did play. The hottest team in the NFL. They on Monday, did, but they have some night. other losses too. They like do some weird ones well, too. Like, I think teams are starting to figure it out that if you just play a safety deep, Tyreek Hill can't just run by you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but I wish they'd figured that out like a week sooner, uh, so that you know I didn't lose my fantasy matchup because Tyreek had you know fifty on. Me. I lost my. I was. I have four fantasy leagues. I already won three, and I was going. I had a forty point lead, and Lamar Jackson was the only person that I had against me. 
and I lost. Dang. I mean, in the league that we're both in, uh, you know, one of our uh, competitors in that league was up 90 going into that Monday night game, and the person he was playing almost comes back down 90, loses by two because he had the tight end, Mark Andrews, and Lamar Jackson, who combined for like yeah. 89. That is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that was uh, certainly insane. I don't know how he managed to pull that out because it did not look like he was going to win for a while. Then going into the UFC here, last weekend, not like a massive card, I would say. Not a lot of implications. Actually, I would say uh, the main event certainly did. Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez uh, went unanimous decision. Marina Rodriguez, 49-46 against Dern, who was probably the hottest uh, fighter for a while for yeah. the women's divisions. Yeah, she had, a, she had a, I, th- I believe, a lovely finish a few months ago. And, yeah, surprised that she just she got beat so comfortably like that. Yeah, I mean, it says she went one for eight on takedowns, uh, and, I mean, her game is takedowns being yeah, on top. Yeah, she's a jiu-jitsu practitioner and everything. So that's that person has a very good defense, apparently. Yeah, Marina did a great job. Uh, total strikes was 148 to 284 for Rodriguez, 80 to 209 for Dern. Dern did have seven minutes of control time, uh, even with the one takedown. So I don't know where... They said that she got the extra. I don't know if they count the clinch as that either. But Oh, did you guys see the uh, Randy Brown and Jared Gooden fight? I didn't. The, the, there was a funny moment in there. ESPN MMA posted. Okay. He, he like, this is Sparta, kicked the guy in the face. Okay, I did see that. Yes. Yeah, he just, like, the, it was, like, frame for frame, like, yeah. the meme. Where yeah. he just, like, looks up and just, boom, right in the chin. It was so unexpected. Like, the dude went back a few feet. But he was surprisingly not rattled, even though it looked like he'd landed flush right on his face. I feel like it wouldn't hurt as much taking the full, like, foot instead of, like, a heel. Yeah, that made, that's fair, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen a Spart- like a Sparta kick, but <laughs> yeah, it was pretty did. sick. I definitely want to see more of that. You know, going over to hockey real quick, I, my, my Kraken, big, big Kraken fan, always been a fan. Uh, one one and zero, oh, so that's always a good thing to see. You know, starting off the franchise well. Uh, the Blues have not played a game yet, and we are we four play, days into the season. This we, is the first game we play tonight. Uh, probably not. I don't know how we're going to be this year. I know Jordan Bennington's locking down the goal, though. That's more than the Kraken can say. They've let in seven goals in the past two games. That's not very good. No, so hopefully they uh, start the backup tonight, or at least give them a look, because man. We cannot afford to keep having that happen. Defense wins championships. Defense does win championships. Unless you're the Seattle Kraken. Yikes. Uh, Hopefully we (laughs) win championships without defense, but I don't think that'll be the case. We are coming up to our first break. After the break, we're going to have Coach Crawford on, so make sure you tune in for that. Stick with us. You're listening to This Just In. Do you know what to do when a car is pulled over on the side of the road? First, reduce your speed. Second, change lanes if possible. Third, proceed with caution. These three simple steps can be the difference between life and death. The next time you're on the road, do the right thing. Slow down, move over, and drive like your life and their life depends on it. Sponsored by the Illinois Broadcasters Association. Aired in cooperation with this station. Thanks to the AAA Auto Club for their financial support in the area. Discover why Lincoln College is growing. 
Lincoln College offers a private education at a public university cost in a diverse, welcoming environment. Students enjoy personalized attention in the classroom as well as plenty of clubs and organizations to round out the college experience. With bachelor and associate degree options, generous scholarships, and now four-year intercollegiate athletics, it's no wonder why students are choosing Lincoln College. LincolnCollege.edu The National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics is the governing body of small college athletics. The NAIA prides itself on character-driven intercollegiate athletics as it instills its five core values of integrity, respect, responsibility, sportsmanship, and servant leadership in all of its student-athletes. For more information, log on to NAIA.org. My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape, but she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceretirement.org. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. Every day, we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when something doesn't seem quite right that it's time to pay attention. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your every day. So protect your every day. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Welcome back to This Just In. Spencer Davis back here. Special guest here on Saturday, Coach Crawford of the women's basketball team. Coach Crawford, how are we doing today? Hello, I am doing very well. How are you? Not too bad. You know, it's basketball season right around the corner. It is. You can tell the weather is is becoming cooler. So that's always an indicator that it's basketball season. You know, I've been walking by. You know, I'm going to the fitness center, and I can hear the squeaks on the floor. I'm up in the fitness center. I'm looking down. I just... I've got the urge. I've got the bug. Right. I'm ready for it. You know, I, I think that our players are getting more and more excited um, being that we're, we're only so many days outside of starting our season off. And, you know, it's getting more intense in there. So, yeah, those squeaks that you hear, you know, hopefully it's coming from the defensive end. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's certainly intense. I'll walk by and you guys are really getting into it. It's good to see everyone uh, fired up. I know it's hard to simulate game action when you're mm-hmm. like, you're so far out of the season, but now you're what? Like, I think what, two and a half weeks out now from the first game. Sounds, you know, it's exciting, especially dealing with the obstacles that we had to deal with with COVID last year. So it's exciting for them to have the opportunity to look forward to something. 
So, yeah, we have our first game, which is on Saturday, um, October the 30th against Harris Stowe. Um, they have a new head coach in, which I, I am very familiar with. He coached my, my niece at Alabama State last year. So he's coming in and he's trying to, to change the culture over there as we're trying to do over here also. Yeah, I mean, culture change, you brought that up. That's such a difficult thing. I mean, you're in your what, third year third right year. now? So, like, you've had time now to establish your culture. What have you tried to instill within the program? Well, you know, we want our core values to be simplistic. You know, we want to we want to work hard, inspire each other, and be energetic with character. So, you know, those those values is what we hold strong to. So, you know, with the, the difficulties that that every program has had last year, that was hard. You know, we had to go through a lot of, of mental exercises more than physical exercises because we weren't able to physically be out there on the court. So I think that this year my core my core values kind of tilted towards the mental standpoint and instead of more physical and, and what we can produce the product out there on the floor. I just wanted to make sure that the mindset of our athletes were good. And and now that we are all here and on campus and looking forward to our first game on October the thirtieth, I think that you know, it's a different vibe now. It's a, it's a different mentality. Yeah, how like how much are you looking forward to seeing fans back in the stadium? I know we had some yeah. at the end of the year, but like packed houses again. It's got to be entertaining. Be exciting. Yeah, just the thought of it. Um, of course, Linda and Mike, who's at every single game, um, who works in a cafeteria, I look forward to hearing her voice behind me. Um, I also look forward to their parents getting the opportunity to, to sit in the stands and, and watch their, their daughters play. Um, and just that intensity behind the crowd, what they bring, is almost like a six-man out there on the floor for you. So that's going to be great to have fans back in the stands and students back in the stands for us. I know it's a big thing is getting school pride. And also yeah. I think that athletes have to be uh, a little bit more appreciative when, you know, their fellow classmates are like, hey, you know, good game or, yeah. you know, you played really well the other night. Like, that's got to be entertaining. That is. And that is. And, you know, and of course, I can speak from that standpoint because I was a student athlete at the University of Memphis. So it was really cool, especially after games when we returned to campus the next day, even if, even if it was televised or if it was a home game. And somebody will walk past you and say, hey, great job yesterday. You know, that right there makes you feel really good because, of course, you're representing not only yourself, but the institution you play for. Yeah, I mean, that's saying that I've heard a couple of times now. It's a little cliche, but, like, you're playing for the name on the front of your jersey in right, college. Right, right, And that's important. That's important. That's about – that has a lot to do with character also. You know, I always tell these young ladies when they come to campus, your representation, not just – of you, but your representation of your family, because you do have a last name, and they expect more also. But not only that, but that name that you wear across your chest is also um, a symbol of high expectations. So, you know, it is definitely something that would give them a sense of pride. What's been something that, like, you talked about COVID really mm -hmm. being a hard factor to deal with last year. What's been something that's returned that you could do in practice this year again? Uh, that you weren't really able to as much? Has there been a uh, an easier way to game plan almost? It has been something that we weren't able to do much of, face-to-face <laughs> -face activities. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would be one. You know, community service, I would say off-the-court things um, was, was really big for us. So we had that opportunity to do 
a couple of community service projects, which was new um, because we weren't able to do those things last year. And it and it gave us a sense of team bonding um, and also helped the young ladies understand that we are here to serve and build character. So I think that that was a big deal for us, our community service projects, which was the 9-11, I think it was a 5K that they had downtown. Mm -hmm. We participated in that. And also Habitat for Humanity, um, we we actually joined with them on a weekend to help them organize the facility. I saw both of those on social media. You guys have done a great job of kind of publicizing what... You guys are doing for the community because that is important, that as, is. you know, college athletes and just helping the community. And it gets the community involved with the sport. And, and, and you know, it, we have gained fans, and you're right. It, it gets people wanting to know more about the young ladies. And then as they want to know more about the young ladies, they learn about our program. So it's awesome. Yeah, and so kind of going back to, uh, you know, you talked about how you were a student athlete. Right. You were a heck of a student athlete from what I've read. Uh, Thank you. Very good. <laughs> In high school, what you what mm-hmm. led your state, Alabama, in scoring, yes. and then you went to the or Memphis mm-hmm. and were the sixth man of the year, sixth woman of yeah, the year, sixth woman of the year, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Well, my plan days. Um, well, leading a state in scoring was a, a huge deal for me. We had a ton of great athletes in Alabama, um, but to lead the state, I thought was one of one of a, one of my great achievements um, in high school. As I proceeded to attend Memphis, that <laughs> didn't matter much because everybody <laughs> led their state. <laughs> so, you know, I thought that I had a rude awakening from the transition from high school to college, which gave me the mindset that I have now. It, and that's, that's what moved me into the coach that I am now because I'm always trying to problem solve. I'm about high expectations so just just having that career that I did have in high school which was awesome and having a career that I had at the University of Memphis with the network that I built along the way um, I think that it contributes a lot to what we do here and you've gone out and recruited a lot I've noticed uh, this year we have a lot of incoming students as well as I mean last year we saw Mm -hmm. a big influx of uh new players right have you been trying to kind of instill that mindset of you guys are awesome in high school but i'm here to help you take that next step at college what is that like well with with our young ladies you know it this will be sort of surprising to you a lot of their skill sets because their coaching style was extremely different and as i was talking to one of my um players about 15 minutes ago not too long ago we were walking and talking and she said coach your expectations for us is like we play for the university, for UConn. And I said, I'm glad you feel that way. But what she was trying to indicate is that maybe I need to lower them. And I'm like, no, I cannot lower my expectations. What I do, my standard is, I'm not lowering my expectation, but you can meet me up there. And I'll wait on you patiently so that you can get to that standpoint. So we, we strive for greatness. We strive for greatness. So the different programs that these young ladies come from, they have a difficult time grasping my concepts and, and my passion and what I expect and how much I expect. But the great thing about the last practice that we just had, I saw some glimpse of it, and I was super excited about that. 
And it wasn't anything physical. It was mental because I love to see how they respond to situations that's not great. I want to see how you respond to the negative things because it's always a counter and your counter needs to be headed towards a positive direction. I mean, absolutely. Last year, uh, you know, I was at a lot of the games Mm -hmm. and there were a couple of times, absolutely nothing against last year's teams, but there were a couple of times that they got mentally battered. It kind of felt like they just kind of fell. Uh, So obviously you've talked about how you're trying to help them get to that mental uh, fortitude this year. And you're seeing that buy-in. What are you looking forward to the most with this team? With this team, wow, they are, they're athletic. Um, The athletic team does not always mean, having the athletic team doesn't mean that you're going to always win. So um, what I am looking forward to, again, is to see them when they are against, um, they're back against the wall, obstacles. I want to see what happened when the team, the other team goes on a run. Because then I can identify character then. And, you know, we had a situation in practice where everything was going good and everybody was so excited. The energy was loud. <laughs> and then when the momentum shift, everyone got quiet. And I had to sit there and I had to explain to them, I know who you are when you're up. When one person is up, everybody's up. Two people up, the entire team is up. But as soon as a play does not go your way. As soon as there is a turnover, we kind of hold our heads down. So that's, that is what I'm looking forward to mostly seeing, how we deal with situations that are not in our favor. And, you know, we practice. I put them in situations in practice for them to, prepare, you know, just to prep for things like that. So if we're preparing for that, I, I expect to see that during game time. And who are you looking towards uh, this season to kind of step up into that leadership role? You had Kalia Montero yeah. and uh, Liz Coley last year that have now graduated. Yeah. But who are you looking towards this year? This year, it's, it's going to be a team effort. But I have some seniors that are really, really good and have grown to be, to be vocal leaders um, and also examples out there on the court. So... Ayana Slaughter, she is one of my young ladies. She's from Georgia that I look forward to seeing how she competes. And not only that, how she gets her teammates to compete because she's a, she's one of those high-energy um, players that we have. Also, Autumn Gorham, um, she is a threat. She is a shooting threat. She is a threat um, penetrating to the basket. She's a three-point threat, so I expect teams to scout for her. But our new additions, which is Cyan Holmes, she's a 3-4 player, um, very versatile. But I am having her step out into the guard role, which is going to be difficult for teams because she's a six-footer. So most six-footers in our league, typically, you know, they play in the post. Um, But we have her... Being more versatile, um, stepping outside of your comfort zone, and she's doing a great job with that. And, I mean, it sounds like you're getting players to buy in on ideas that they mm-hmm. might not be open to. So, I mean, obviously it's a huge testament to you as a coach uh, right. to getting players to buy in on something that is not comfortable. Right. right. So just kind of starting to wrap this up a little bit, mm-hmm. obviously your goals for the season, you want to win, right. naturally. <laughs> But what are you looking for uh, in terms of development? Is there a certain point in the season where you want to see a certain trait fully come into play? As far as development, I want to 
I want I, I trained and Coach Jimmy and I, who was who was my assistant coach, we 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 are training our athletes to be independent thinkers. Um, and what I mean by that is, I'm not one of the coaches who wants you to robotically do things. I want you to be able to read the defense and make decisions based on what the defense is allowing. And most coaches aren't like that. They want to run. You better run um, Texas, and you better run it. And like I said, run it. No. If they jump that passing lane on Texas, you better not make that pass because that's a turnover <laughs> waiting to happen. So I would like to, to just see all young ladies just get out there and have some fun. Use that talent that they have and, and have fun with it. And that's the reason why we train so hard. I make it so that our practices are way more difficult than our games because I want them to get in the game and look at the, the – remember what we've done in preseason and remember what we've done to prepare. And I want you to get out there and, and compete and, and do it to the best of your ability and be excited for one another when they score. I want to see yelling and, and transitional buckets. It's, it's a lot that comes with this game, but most – of all, I want to see them be able to have some fun and, and solve some problems and situations out there. And speaking of fun, to wrap this up, where, where's where been the most fun or exciting place that you have played or coached at besides here at the Lincoln Center? Wow. The most exciting place that I have played, New Mexico. Wow. And, and I don't know how excited I was because the altitude is ridiculous. So I was extremely tired and I couldn't. I couldn't figure out why. Um, but then my coaches made me aware of, you know, the altitude is extremely <laughs> different here. So you're going to feel uh, a lot more um, wear and tear <laughs> when it comes to your lungs mainly than anything. I would say New Mexico. And um, as a player, I would probably say Israel. Yeah, I, 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 it's exciting. It was It was an opportunity not just to play professional basketball but also to get paid for it and be next to the beach so <laughs> so i thought that was pretty cool but those are definitely two great places you know if i was any good at basketball i would have loved to play in israel but i'm not i'm behind the mic for a reason <laughs> coach crawford thank you so much for coming on it's been awesome talking to you thank you i appreciate it and make sure you stay listening we'll be sure to uh give the schedule out we'll release that on our social medias as well Make sure you don't miss any of those broadcasts, because Coach Crawford, this is the year, right? That's right. You you do not want to miss this year. We got to make it exciting for our fans. Um, our young ladies are ready, and they're grinding hard in order to make our community proud. We'll see you after the break. Emma complained of a headache. It was a rhabdomyosarcoma. The tumor was very aggressive, and it very quickly became clear that St. Jude was the ultimate place to be. St. Jude is an asset to the world. I think it's the kind of place that could teach the world a couple of lessons about how to treat people. If those lessons could be learned, this world could be a better place. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Registering with the Selective Service System is something every 18-year-old guy is required to do. That's the Selective Service, not the Secret Service. When you register with Selective Service, you won't be guarding the president. 
Nobody's going to give you sunglasses and a black suit. You know what happens when you register with Selective Service? You'll stay eligible for college loans, jobs, and training programs. If you're a guy turning 18, go to sss.gov and register. No, karate classes are not included. My husband had a, a gun. Him and his friends would go shooting. The ammunition, unfortunately, was not stored separately. In a million years, we never thought that Emily could. There's a hole in our family that can never, ever be filled. 63 Americans a day die by gun suicide. With safe gun storage, we can give our loved ones a second chance at life. Learn more at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to This Just In. We've got an open mic here for everyone. So give us a call on your thoughts on what's going on in the sports world. 217-735-7392. That's 217-735-7392. Give us a call. Tell us what you think about uh, what's going on in the sports world. Whatever you want to talk about. You know, Aaron, we're going we're gonna to talk about, while oh, we're waiting for some people to call in perhaps, uh, we're going to talk about Mike Schilt, the yeah. now former Cardinals manager. Yeah. So he gets fired, uh, what was it, Wednesday maybe? Uh, um, and Thursday, I think. Thursday, uh, for philosophical differences. Yeah. What, what was the first thing that you thought? I was very happy. I thought that even though the Cardinals had a 17-game win streak, I mean, that is impressive, but a team can outperform their manager, and that's what they did. Mike Schilt just, he doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. And I think philo- philosophical differences, yeah, but I think there was more than just philosophical differences on why he was fired. Yeah, I think that what upsets me the most is the fact that the excuse was philosophical differences, because really, what does that mean? Uh, just come out and say that you thought he mismanaged the bullpen, or yeah. Uh, I just think that it's kind of a cop out answer, and it adds nothing, uh, and it just makes fans frustrated more than anything. 
Yeah, I can see how it can frustrate fans, but I just thought that he just, especially in that wild card game, when you have you need one out and you walk a guy intentionally that hit like 120 on the year to like bring in a closer that's blown a ton of saves recently or been struggling, I mean, a home run was bound to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I would have kept McFarland in. I think that everyone can agree that that situation should have been handled better. Yeah. Uh, whether or not you think that Reyes should have been the next guy out, like I do, uh, regardless. Um, but I think for me, McFarland should have finished that out. Also, I think that in general, he pitched the wrong guys to start. I think you have to save the stronger arms like Luis Garcia uh, and Gallegos for those later innings. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's for when sure. you throw Reyes in the seventh inning. Uh, yeah. So there's plenty of time to recover. I mean, not plenty of time to recover, but certainly. Enough time to get a couple runs back. Schilt finishes career uh, with the Cardinals with a 5.59 winning percentage, which is higher than Tony Larusa and Whitey Herzog. I don't think anyone was saying he was either of those gentlemen, but you know, certainly statistically a pretty solid manager. Well, I think Tony Larusa was also there a bit longer yeah. than Mike Schilt, just yeah. a little bit. And but, I mean, we see a lot of managers come in and have fairly good success in the second half of seasons uh, because he took over halfway through 2018 when Matheny got axed uh, and took them to 41 and 28. And I think almost got them into the postseason. Yeah, I uh, think we got close, but I don't think they got in. Yeah, it doesn't look like they made it in. Uh, but then the following year, 2019, got us into the NLCS and then promptly got obliterated by the Nationals. Uh, and then last year, you know, we went to the wild card game, and that was, you know, an adventure. So that was the COVID year, 30 and 28. And then this year, 90 and 72. But like you said, a lot of that feels a little bit inflated with that 17-game run they went on. For sure. It, I mean, to an extent, it does rely on the manager. But I think that they were putting up like nine runs a game and giving up like six, which is horrible pitching, is just better hitting. Yeah. I mean, we had a hot streak. Like, it almost seemed like the Cardinals couldn't do anything wrong in that 17-game stretch. And there were some games where they were down, like, in the 8th or 7th inning, and then they would have some, like, timely home runs. I think Harrison Bader hit, like, 600 in that 17-game hitting streak, which for 600 for Harrison Bader is, like, batting over 1,000, even though it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he was hitting 246, I think, before uh, that streak started. And within seven days, his batting average was up to, like, 270, yeah. which is just insane. Uh, also, I don't think he had a ton of ABs, which kind of led to that, you know, yeah. getting up a little bit quicker. But yeah, Mike Schilt out as the manager. It'll be interesting to see who uh, the Cardinals tab next. Uh, I know that Stubby Clapp has been receiving some votes from the fans, at least. Uh, I think he's the current third or first base coach. Uh, and I we know Adam yeah. Hoffman uh, would love to see Jamie Pogue, the bullpen catcher, move up to that managerial <laughs> role. Uh, I would, too. I think that bullpen catchers are slept on. We need to appreciate guys like that. So Jamie Pogue, if you're listening, we want to have you on as the interview. Uh, next week, for sure. Let's move over to NBA now. We've got a regular season banger to start. I mean, really, two, actually, to start off opening night. Josh, what do we got? So, we to, to start it off, we have the Bucks getting their rings, and they'll be playing the Brooklyn Nets. Sans Kyrie Irving. He will not be there, but they still have Kevin Durant, James Harden. Looks to be a good game. I'm hyped and excited for it. See Giannis wearing the, uh, the merchandise. Flashing it, you know, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun night. NBA's I, back. I feel like that's such a, like a like a low blow. It's like, oh yeah, remember who we beat you guys in seven and then we won the ring. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'd grind my gears. I'd well, actually, honestly, I feel like um, 
even though it wasn't the same with the whole like dynamic going on, I think that's what the um, NBA did with the Lakers and Clippers. They had the Lakers getting their rings. The Clippers just blown a 3-1 lead, failed terribly after being the favorites and everything. And they're like, yeah, now watch them get their rings. And, you know, the Clippers are able to win the game, you know, some payback. So maybe maybe the I mean, maybe the Nets will be able to win the game. But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see it. It is, it is a funny di- dynamic, though, that they have going on. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, a motivated KD game. Motivated KD season, I think. I think yeah. that toe on the line in that game six... Was it seven? It was yeah, actually it was seven, seven yeah. where he uh, almost won the series, but his toe was on the line, two-pointer, sends it to OT uh, instead of winning. Yeah, and those, the first few seconds after it happened, I thought it was a three because I, I, I wasn't paying attention. I know he intended for a three, and it was so close. My mind was like, oh, the game's over. And, yeah. Should have worn smaller shoes. <laughs> <laughs> then the nightcap for that one, uh, Warriors-Lakers on TNT. Another probably pretty solid game. I know that some people, when this was first announced, were kind of like, why are you putting the Warriors on without Klay Thompson? Uh, it seems like you're just kind of setting them up for failure. Well, yeah, because I, I think opening night last year was the Warriors and Nets, and the Warriors got beat by, like, 27. So people were like, so why are you doing this again? Like, <laughs> it's the Lakers this time, and I don't think it's going to be a different. Steph, hopefully, you know, you can uh, go for, like, 60 in three minutes <laughs> and make it a fun game, but, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, development of Wiseman brings to that team. I know that you know Draymond's tried to take him under his wing to kind of influence him. Well, hopefully not too much uh, in certain aspects. Hopefully not the flagrant and technical fouls aspect. Uh, passion is good, but ejections are not. Moving to Wednesday, this is where all three of our teams play, I believe. No, Clippers have what, Thursday is their opening night? Thursday. Yeah, yeah so Celtics-Knicks, uh, Celtics are my team. Hopefully we'll start off uh, the season with a win. They're going to be without Jalen Brown and Al Horford, I believe. So that'll be interesting. Jen, or, uh, Jason Tatum show for sure. Uh, they are the underdog by a point. So that has probably me. because those two are missing. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Aaron Thunder. Well, we open up our uh, season against the Jazz. Uh, we're an eleven and a half point underdog. I don't see that being true because we're going to lose by probably around twenty five. Hey, come on, man. You got to uh, more, you know. It's no. the first game of the year. You got to have those, first like, of the year. you know, we're going to be we, good. And... Well, I I think Lou Dort can do something against Donovan Mitchell. but yeah, I wouldn't rule that out, considering what he did I against James Harden, you know. The Dortcher Chamber? <laughs> That's about the only thing I see good coming from this game. I think Shea will have a good game. What if Shea and Josh Giddy just light it up and, you know, you give last year's first seed overall a, a loss? If we win this game, I will be shocked, like legitimately shocked. I just don't see this happening. It's are been- are you all in on the Thunder if they win to like on Wednesday? Like, are they winning it all if they win? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Speaking of overreactions, let's talk about preseason. Uh, and you know, NBA Twitter is always a wild place. Uh, you know, we see the little fraud tweets. We see Jordan the Goat for random stats that. Hey people- Disney. Eight Disney. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Disney, Mickey Mouse, Rings. Uh, what have been some of the overreactions you guys have seen? You know, for me, the Bulls, I think that there are some people out there that are uh, yeah. they're going a little too in on the Bulls. Yeah, you got to. I think the, yeah, I think the Bulls a, are a playoff team. Yeah. I think they're a seven to nine seed, though. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I was talking to Adam. Uh, and he was saying that a six seed at max, and I think that's really fair. I think that I do too. Yeah, you'd have to see an, a team go down with a lot of injuries. Uh, I think like maybe like uh, 
personally, I think the Hawks aren't going to be that good. On paper, it doesn't make sense that they were in the playoffs for that long. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Herter, it was their like second leading scorer. Maybe I'm just yeah. The man, uh, he showed out in that game seven against Philly. He had like 27. Yeah, uh, maybe I'm just you know writing him off, and I don't want to upset the Huerta fans, but you know, especially since Trey Young can't like intentionally get fouled now. That yes, is, that is true. But that you know, has been something interesting to monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen um, Steph was on the end of it. James Harden, Russell Westbrook tried it. Oh yeah, Russ did, did try it. Yeah. Tried it. <laughs> you guys hear what he said afterwards? Yeah, he was like, I don't expect that to affect me at all. And then he did it in-game. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, not a lot of people jump at me, so I think I'll be good. But, yeah, he did it, so it is what it is. Yeah, I, uh, what do you guys think of that rule early on? It seems like they've been applying it well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. James Harden a few days ago seemed like genuinely, he was like, yo, what, what's going on, Trey Young? Saw a clip. It, it seems like they're really, like, um, consistent with its implementation. And... Yeah, I guess it's good to see a lot of people are happy about it and everything. So less flopping and all that and less foul baiting, I guess we call it. Yeah, I definitely like it. I think it allows for like oh, not as soft NBA where you're just calling tic-tac fouls for stuff where Trey Young would literally dribble by and then stop and wait for this defender to run into him and then just shoot it. That's not a foul like they do. I think they're doing a good job with that. Yeah, because, I mean, we've seen the failure of, I would say, the taunting rule in the NFL uh, this season with new rules getting implemented. The taunting rule is garbage. Um, If you do anything to show excitement, you're out. Well, they also don't enforce it the same. It's like referee to referee. Right, which you can't have. This one, it seems like they've done a fantastic job of being like, this is the rule. Like, call it, this is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, with taunting, if if I were to say, like, the one thing that you can, like, I guess kind of um, penalize players for like if they just like go and scream in the player's face for yeah that yeah sure but like if you and one someone or something like that or you dunk on them I think it's fair to be able to scream and flex at the crowd maybe even in the direction for a few seconds as long as you don't like walk up in their face get physical or anything you know like I don't I think the taunting rule should be a little more laid back you know let the players show some passion yeah I mean I'm not even opposed to like you know if guys want to get fired up if you get dunk, if you dunk on someone yeah after they've hung like thirty on you yeah get fired I'm up in the face. yeah exactly absolutely. yeah I'm celebrating like if I cross you and then hit the jumper, I'm gonna go back down the court screaming and jumping like yeah and you shouldn't get a technical for that and also like you know we've seen players like bounce the ball too hard or toss the ref or toss not the ref uh <laughs> toss the ref out of the game <laughs> see you later just throw the ref into the crowd just get out of here <laughs> they pick up the ball and then throw it at the ref uh too hard and that's a technical it's just like yeah. it seems like the nba is trying to rid itself of the league is soft narrative and the best way to do it is to make it not soft and yeah. i think that these uh, uh i don't know what you want to call them uh stop of motion fouls oh like the um like the trey young move I don't know. Oh, that it's like, yeah. I don't. I don't know a specific name, but like, you know, just we'll call it the Trey Young. Yeah, you know, Trey yeah. Young rule. Trey like Young that name. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, we're not offending any Trey Young fans out there. Uh, Trey Young, if you want to be on the show, you can. You know? If you want to defend yourself on the show, you're absolutely welcome to. Speaking of which, call in. Still open. Two one seven seven three five seven three nine two. You're welcome to call in. As we go into this break. And we'll get you on into this last segment. Last 13 minutes of the show coming up here. You're listening to This Just In.
Hey there, it's Rob Reinhart, your host for Acoustic Cafe, which can be heard twice each weekend here on 89X. What is Acoustic Cafe? Well, it's acoustic music from across all genres, and each week we also deliver interviews and in-studio performances from some of the best artists in the business. From Vampire Weekend's Rostam to up-and-comers like Arlo Parks, established talents like Nora Jones, even the occasional legend, you'll hear them on Acoustic Cafe. Saturday morning, 6 to 8, Sunday evening, 7 to 9, here on Lincoln's New Rock Alternative 89X. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For some people, difficult transitions like retirement, divorce, or loss of a loved one may contribute to feelings of hopelessness or even thoughts of suicide. The risk of suicide is even higher for men over 50 who've served our country. Guys like me. Support from friends and family makes such a big difference. Every day, your actions could help save a life. Learn how you can help at VeteransCrisisLine.net. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Half of U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. Welcome back to This Just In. Spencer Davis, Aaron Evans, and Josh Howard. Last 13 minutes of the show. Call in if you have any opinions that you'd like to share. 217-735-7392. We'll be on until 11. So really more 10 minutes here. So guys, predictions. What do we got? Starting off with the NBA season. The NBA season. So I I understand, you know, we all love Giannis. I love Giannis. I Everyone love, loves Giannis. I, I like seeing him win, even though, you know, it was against Chris Paul, but... I'm actually going to be taking the Brooklyn Nets in this game. I think they're going to, you know, play spoiler. Kevin Durant, you know, angry, heated. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, a little bit of a revenge type game. Yeah, I think I've got the Nets here too. Uh, Milwaukee is the one-point favorite. Uh, but 
I think the Nets are just going to be out there. You know, like they're, they're they've been dealing with all this drama off the court, and I think that Harden and KD probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because people are starting to write them off because they don't have Kyrie. Yeah, but people forget that the Nets with Hard, what Harden had pulled hamstring. Yeah, and KD was dealing with something with his ankle or something like that during that series. Yeah. They went to seven. They took the Bucks to the max. Yeah, and with with just two of the stars, even though it was it was Kyrie and KD, I do consider James Harden better all overall. They were up. 50 on the Bucks in a playoff game. I, that's not going to happen every day, but I don't think that people should just write them off like they can't compete with the Bucks now. Yeah, and then Warriors-Lakers now coming in here. Uh, Aaron, did you get a prediction on that? No. Yeah, give me one. Um, I just think the same thing. I think the Nets have a chip on their shoulder, especially playing the team that eliminated them. Yeah. So I think that the Nets, I think KD will drop over 30 points in this game, and they'll win the game. All right, over 30. I'll hold you to that. I, yeah. I think that's absolutely the right pick though i think i mean honestly we could see him go for over 40 or harden just comes out yeah. with a uh-huh. 90 yeah. one of them 30 <laughs> warriors lakers now the nightcap uh for me this is a pretty easy pick i'm going with the lakers yeah i'm going with the lakers too i'm going with the lakers steph too. please make it competitive though i don't like blowouts yeah especially in opening night because yeah. that's not fun for anyone yeah you know, and they're the only the- two games so we right. can't <laughs> go to anything else like yeah. yeah we gotta watch so we're just hoping no blowouts uh, opening night because those are the worst. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Wednesday, uh, I predict the Celtics to win because that's how I operate. Is it also, in Boston? It is in New York. It's at the Garden. It's gonna be a fun game. I'm a I'm a rock with Jason Tatum, but ah, uh, that's that's a tough one. That's a, uh, if Jalen Brown is back, then I'm definitely taking the Celtics. But yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a fun game. If you're not with Jason. Jason Brown, wow. Jalen Brown. <laughs> you don't know Jalen Brown. Ever. Oh yeah. If you're not with Jalen Brown, I think the Knicks are going to win it. I okay. think the Knicks take you down. That's fair, I, that's fair. I mean, I think that's certainly the best take. Uh, Bulls, Pistons. I don't know anything about these teams, but I'm going to say the Pistons are going to win just to make the Bulls fans mad. Yeah, Cade Cunningham is truly the greatest. Uh, I don't think they can uh, compete. Cade Cunningham, man, it's too good. It's too good with it. And then, um, well, yeah, we. I guess we already did predict. You know, we. I want to see the Thunder put up a fight, though, but, yeah, I got the Jazz. Yeah, I have the Jazz, too, and I'm a Thunder fan. I mean, I just don't think the Thunder are going to win more than 20 games this year. <laughs> All right, we'll move to Thursday here in the NBA. Mavericks-Hawks at 6.30. you guys got? So, um, I think Luka will look like the best player on the court, probably be the best player on the court, but I think the Hawks are going to take it in it in a tight game, tight contest. And it's at Atlanta, if oh, yeah, okay, plays yeah, any yeah. further role in that. Yeah. I think I'll take the Hawks in this one, too. Yeah, we'll definitely see the uh, two, uh, you know, products, really. Luca and Trey, both kind of... The trade partners. Yeah. The trade partners, for one. Uh, also, can we both agree that, like, that trade benefited both teams equally? Yeah. yeah. That was the perfect oh, for sure. trade for because, both Because um, sure. Cam Reddish also came with, like, Trey in that deal. So, like, they kind of got two players. So, even if you don't think Treyka... I mean, I said Treyka. <laughs> Trey alone is, like, Luca-ish. You know, what Cam Reddish is starting to become really good as well. That, they might end up winning that trade with the way that Cam Reddish is yeah, playing. Yeah, if, he, if he's all-star consistently, yeah, that, that, would, that would put them over. And we got Bucks Heat at 7 in Miami. Miami. I want to go with Miami. My dad is a Miami fan. I really like their team, but I'm going to go with the Bucks. I don't see them starting the season 0-2. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I do think that game is relying on whether or not they win that first game. Yeah. I think they could get a little comfortable, and then a guy like you know Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, one of the shooters. That, I honestly agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks have fantastic perimeter defense, so that'll yeah. be uh, certainly something to monitor. Aaron, what do you think? Um, I think that if Hero and Robinson get hot, the Heat definitely have a chance. 
but I think the Bucks are going to take it. I think they start it one and one as well. And moving to the nightcap, Josh, your boys, the Clippers, Clippers in San Fran against the Warriors. So this is going to be a tough one. I, you know the it's, this is going to this is going to be a hard game. You know Paul George, Steph, that they're not on even footing out, outright as players, but in terms of like the teams overall, that's going to be a competitive game. I I have the Clippers edging it, edging it barely. This is that's going to be fun. ESPN has a three-point favorite for the Warriors, who will not have Wiseman, Thomas, or Thompson, and uh, Kaminga. Oh, so Wiseman's not there to start the season? No. Okay, okay. Which is, uh, I don't, did the Warriors pick up a bunch of guys in the offseason that I'm just totally blanking on? Well, Jordan Poole is now Jesus, so. Okay, well, Jordan Poole, <laughs> we've, I've always known this, Michigan fan. Oh, that's So like, I've seen the development. This guy's a legend. Aaron, what do you think? I don't necessarily know, because... With um, Wiseman being out, I think that's a huge blow. Because yeah. I think Wiseman's going to have a really good year this year when he comes back, like a good second year. So I think the Clippers are going to win this game. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I'll side are, with you, Josh. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, yeah, it's going to be close. And they do have Wiggins. Uh, I don't know if Wiggins is going to be able to play in San Fran. Did they clear him? Yeah, he, uh, he, got, the, he got the COVID shot uh, a few weeks ago. Okay, so. okay yeah, so he's in. Uh, Otto Porter also out there. I know he's on a cheap deal. Yeah. After what he was on a what, twenty plus mil oh, yeah, yeah, year yeah. deal with the Bulls and yeah, I know Bulls fans are mad about hated that. that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, it'll be a fun one to watch. I mean, honestly, just basketball being back is just excellent. Moving to the baseball now, Red Sox Astros three twenty today. Uh, we can talk about just the game prediction or the series prediction tonight. I think I'm going with the Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi is hard to touch in the postseason. Oh, for sure. I think Nathan Eovaldi is gonna. Throw six and shut out tonight. I don't see the Astros touching them. I also have the Red Sox. I, I it's, they're <laughs> going to take they're going to take control. One and one would be the series if the Red Sox can manage to pick up a win. That's at three twenty on Fox, and then the nightcap Dodgers Braves on TBS, which is a little you know whatever. Uh, putting the Braves <laughs> on the Turner Broadcasting uh, System. I've got the Dodgers here. They don't have they haven't decided on a pitcher yet, but the Dodgers are. Now, although the baseball gods might not look kindly upon that uh, check swing that went for uh, a strike in a series <laughs> loss for the Giants. I'm going to actually take the Braves in game one. Max Fried's actually been kind of, un- he was untouchable in that series against the uh, Brewers. The game he pitched, he pitched really well, and I think he'll prove it again tonight when he pitches against the Dodgers. I see the Braves going up 1-0. I'm a side with you. I'm a... I like the Braves. All right. Taking two, one. a bit of the underdog. All righty. I like it. 2-1, a little discourse here. Moving to MMA real quickly. Tonight, Saturday, Corey Anderson versus Ryan Bader. And then I believe it is Vadim Menkov, or Nenkov versus, oh, man, I'm trying to figure out his name, how to pronounce it. Yeah, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure <laughs> it out either. But I have Vadim Nemkov winning. And I, have, yep. uh, I, got, I got Corey Anderson as well. I think he's going to take that. LC alum Corey Anderson. So best of luck to him, just from, you know, Lincoln College itself. Uh, but, you know, like UFC, not, I wouldn't say a fantastic card this week. Uh, a lot of prospects, you know, up and coming, kind of good for the people trying to get into the rankings. I would say Andrew Sanchez, the headliner for the prelims against Bruno Silva. So that, that should be a pretty good fight. Uh, my boy Jim Miller versus Eric Gonzalez. He's a big favorite here, Jim. So making his, I think it's his either 49th or 50th walk to the Octagon which ties him for the most in UFC history. I did not know he'd fought that many times. Yeah. 
And wait, did you say he's the favorite or his opponent is? He is. Jim is. Oh, yeah, I got Jim. I got Jim. All the homies love Jim. His jiu-jitsu is amazing. He's going to choke him out. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And then Aspen Lad, Norma Dumont, headlining tonight. Women's featherweight, likely to probably decide a top contender for Amanda Nunez uh, at that weight class, 145. Who do you got? I got Aspen Lad. She's got, uh, I believe she has hands of steel. And, uh, you know, I love, I love people who can throw hands. Yeah, I mean, her significant strike accuracy is a 60.6%. Uh, she lands about 5.2 a minute. And Dumont, it's about 5, but, you know. Oh, so maybe it'll be like a banger. I like it that. could be. Uh, Ladd can also get to the ground, though, which is certainly key in a match like that. Yeah. That kind of wraps things up for tonight. I think the Lions are going to lose just really quickly. NFL Lions will lose at home. Come on, Ravens. Beat the Chargers. I got you guys. My Steelers are going to be 500 after this week. We're winning it all. I agree. I think the Steelers are going to win. All righty. Well, thank you for tuning in. Obviously, a lot of fun. We'll be back next week.